Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship. Once again, my name is Dallas here. Today, we have another incredible guest joining us today, Dr. Richard Ruling. Doctor, such a pleasure to have you here today. How are you? I'm fine. I'm so happy to be with you. It's a privilege. God bless you and your ministry. And uh, looking forward to this. Thank you. Yeah. And you as well, Richard. And just for our audience to know, you are calling us from Arizona. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. Yeah. So we just want to get to know you a little bit better. And then we'll dive into your recently released book, Mega Quake 2024. The uh, idea is that um, I gave my heart to, to the Lord when I was uh, in high school. And I, uh, senior year, I attended a mission emphasis week, uh, uh, actually, and I, I decided if God wanted me to be a missionary to Africa, I, in my mind, I saw a grass hut and, uh, you know, working wow. there. But and in, in uh, college, I was a student missionary to Colombia and Venezuela for a summer. And I, I, again, I confirmed my desire, but I, I wanted to be a medical missionary, went to medical school and, um, afterwards uh, had an opportunity to go to Africa. Friends said, you'll do more good in Africa if you take public health also. So I went back and during that year, the opportunity wow. Africa didn't work out. Uh, the Dean liked me though. And he said, uh, if, if he were younger, he would take internal medicine, cardiology. And, but I could come back and teach after that training and train other missionaries to go over. And that appealed to me. So I, I wow. uh, did that at that point. And, um, I, I, my credentials in medicine are better than most doctors. I was board certified in internal medicine and had a year of cardiology before teaching. Uh, and, and it's, uh, but I was teaching in the, not the medical school, but in the school of public health. And uh, I wow. saw and learned things that, you know, I, I attended a cardiology meeting where Pritikin gave his uh, um, uh, report to cardiologists that diet, his diet program got 85% of people off of drugs for blood pressure and similar amount for uh, diabetes. And uh, basically uh, there, there's information now on eating that would help most people to live without prescription drugs, which in my opinion are a form of bondage. If you have to see a doctor every month and get blood tests or x-rays mm -hmm. and this and that, and then get expensive prescriptions. And those prescriptions actually cause adverse drug reactions. They're risky. I could tell you more, but won't go into it right now. Uh, but the medical literature supports medical care as a leading cause of death. It's not health care. We call it that. That's yeah. pharma wanting to think everybody, everybody yeah. to think that it's health. It's not, the, the pharma does not help, help health. It shortens life. The more pills you take, the, uh, it, it's you're on a slippery slope and uh basically uh healthy habits can increase the, your your lifespan uh, around 10 or 11 years as an average mm. but that's uh so and i'm committed to serving god uh, he didn't uh, in the bible 
the word physicians five times used never has a positive context. It's always negative. Uh, Joseph asked the physicians to embalm his father. That suggests that, uh, he, that so many of them are dying from the physicians yeah. that they also did embalming, et cetera. You know, so yeah. anyway, uh, I hope I hope that's five enough. Uh, <laughs> you have a I'm lot a to committed. tell. You open up a huge door that I have another friend who I think can really dive into that door that you just opened. And so I'm okay. going to connect you guys. So I think that he focuses on the medical truth of all of okay. this. And so I think that you guys would fit really, really well together. Today, right. we're going to focus a little bit more on the faith side. And so you did mention missions. And so that's actually why I'm in Brazil. I'm a missionary in Brazil, and I've been here for the last five years. And so it's incredible that you had this call, not just to do missions, but medical missions. What do you think was the biggest thing that you learned through this experience of your time in Venezuela and Colombia that you were talking about? Isaiah 4610 says God sees the end from the beginning and how he could be so accurate when we think we're scientific and medicine mm -hmm. is scientific today is baloney. It's a false science. And uh, the word pharmakia in Revelation 18, verse right. 23, is a Greek word that deceives all nations, badly translated as uh, uh, um, sorcery deceives all nations. But the Greek word is pharmakia. Why would they do that? They're deceiving us. Bad translations in some respects. So uh, anyway, but God sees it all, and he's ahead of us, not behind us. Wow. And let's dive right into your book, Megaquake 2024, how three timelines and seven events signal apocalyptic times. So what led you to start this book? And let's dive into that a little bit deeper. Well, uh, it, it, what can I say? You know, John the Baptist was a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. And I see, I'm seeing truth that needs to be known and understood. And you almost need to get, uh, God's going to, hit us with something big in order to get our attention because mm -hmm. the the church of laodicea is uh, uh lukewarm with materialism you think you're rich and increased with goods but uh not a good situation why would god want to rapture that to heaven right now we're we're we're, we're in poor shape and we mm -hmm. need to live well and uh, uh god took israel to a wilderness to uh, to show what was in their hearts and it wasn't a good thing uh basically um I'm seeing uh, the earthquake as encoded four different ways in the book of Revelation, so it's overlooked. Uh, it, it, Revelation 8, 5, for example, mentions earthquake in the next verse, seven angels with seven trumpets prepare to sound. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, that, but the, the, uh, it's encoded as a roar also in Revelation 10, 3. A mighty angel comes down and cries as a lion roars. What's the lion's roar? Christ is the Lion of Judah, and he's going to roar at a certain point, and the heavens and earth will shake. That's Joel 3.16. Okay, uh, we can get to the timing later, etc., but that's uh, an overview of how I see a bigger event. The ancient church of Laodicea that was lukewarm in Asia ended in an earthquake. Okay, yeah. so uh, <laughs> big things are coming to us, and we might as well uh, understand it ahead of time if we can be wise virgins and not just foolish virgins that are going to wait exactly. and see. Well, maybe, maybe not. We'll wait and see. Uh, foolish virgins had the wait and see runs. It takes no faith to wait and see. And without faith, it's impossible to please God, Hebrews yeah. eleven six. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he's wanting a, a faithful bride who understands scripture to be the bride of Christ. Thank exactly. You. The faithful bride. If Jesus is coming back, he's the he's the definition of pure, the definition of the purest sacrifice that could be made. And he is coming back for a bride that I believe he wants to be pure as well. That's worthy Good. of Jesus Christ. Exactly. Yeah. You said it. And so let's talk a little bit more about the timing. You said you were going to talk about that. So why 2024? Let me say this, that uh, the day of the Lord is a phrase used 25 times in the Bible. 
And I believe that it's an extension of night of the Lord in Egypt. God said, this is night of the Lord in Exodus 12, verse 42. Mm -hmm. And I I believe that uh, day of the Lord is going to be 25 times bigger because it's not just about Egypt. It's the whole world. OK, time of judgment for the last seven years, basically, which is classic historic uh, Protestant teaching. Uh, and I believe that uh, we it's not about a rapture snatched to heaven. I believe that uh, we must through much tribulation enter the kingdom, as it says in Acts 14, verse 22. So and you're the, taking uh, the post trib tribulation theory. Yeah. Mid trib post trib. My, and the text that I have for that is uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 51, and 52. We shall all be changed in a moment at the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. Well, there are seven trumpets. And if it's the last trumpet, the earthquake is going to introduce the end time with seven trumpets. I think one a year on a feast of trumpets in the fall. And uh, that we will see the, the, the ending that way. And we're going to be here for it. Uh, in my opinion, God took Israel to Egypt and uh, from Egypt to Sinai and made a covenant with them. And he, he said, if you keep my covenant, you'll be a kingdom in Exodus 19, verse five and six. And he also later said, return to me, I'm married to you in Jeremiah 3, 14. Where did they get married? It was the covenant that they made. He regarded the covenant as a marriage relationship, not about a snatch to heaven quickly. Wow, that's interesting. That's interesting. I've always believed mid-trib, but I've always wanted post-trib or pre-trib. I've always wanted pre-trib. We, you know, yeah. we don't want to experience it. We don't want to go through the desert. Neither did Israel. However, they had to, right? Well, I, I want to say this, that uh, the pre-tribs have a partial truth that the post-tribs don't have. Because there is an event seven years early. I just wait seven years. And are we in the end time now? I think the earthquake kicks off the end time. It's uh, in Isaiah. I was taught the rule of first use in, in uh, college Bible class. And it's uh, where a word or phrase is first found. It often has a context for end time because Christ is Alpha Omega, first and last. He's the word. He's consistent, etc. And so uh, when you you go to where a a word like uh, Day of the Lord is first found in Isaiah two twelve, that chapter has an insight to it says the uh, when God will shake terribly the earth. Wow, you know it's it's going to be a big deal. And I want to take you to one more scripture to show how we get there to that terrible earthquake. Um, when Christ was asked about the end of the world, he said to understand the book of Daniel. And the book of Daniel uh, uh, has a vision at the time of the end in Daniel 8, 17. Verse 20 names uh, Medes and Persians, the horns on the ram, that was a, a conflict between a ram and a goat, okay? And the goat comes flying from the West and stomps a militant Muslim ram, in my opinion. Okay, they take that uh, ram as a symbol of, of their faith. When uh, Ishmael was sacked, uh, saved, they think it's Ishmael that was saved. Uh, Bible says it was Isaac that was saved from sacrifice by a ram caught in a bush. Okay, the point is, I, and I here's a real detail. Uh, the bush, George Bush caught the first horn. <laughs> and wow. and uh, you come back to Daniel and there's a, a goat with a great horn. When the Bible uh, horns were cut off to make trumpets, the great horn is the great trump. OK, wow. <laughs> I think wow. he, he's come not on. gone yet. And <laughs> I could be wrong, uh, but, uh, you know, that's something you can wait and see. We'll have to do that. But I believe uh, we're on the cusp of something huge because of Hamas, which, by the way, that exactly. word Hamas is, is pronounced Hamas in Genesis, in Hebrew, okay, in Genesis 6, verse 13, um, is translated as violence. The earth was filled with mm -hmm. violence before the flood. 
H-A-M-A-S, violence, okay? Uh, think of that. And uh, they did what they, you know, they were violent against uh, uh, peacekeeping civilians at a music festival and a th more than a thousand people died when they initiated the bad stuff, okay? So uh, to justify that, I can't do it at all, okay? And, uh, but that's how we get into it. And I believe this is gonna escalate until uh, Zechariah 14, the next to the last book of the Bible, Zechariah, Malachi, last chapter says the day of the Lord, that's the end time period, comes and nations are going to be gathered against Jerusalem to battle. Houses rifled, women ravished, half the city goes into captivity. Wow. And uh, I believe that those Muslims are going to celebrate their mosque and Quran, which happens mm -hmm. to say Allah has no son. And I can just believe, I, this is my speculation now. I'll tell you what I'm speculating. I, I like to think that it's at that point that Joel 3.16, the Lord will roar from Jerusalem, the heavens and earth will shake, and they will flee from Jerusalem. That's Zechariah 14.5. But the point is, we everybody knows John 3.16, but most people don't know Joel 3.16, that the Lord's going to roar, heavens and earth will shake. And I, I cited Isaiah 2.19 and 21, that it's going to be terribly the earth he will shake. So um, I think big deal as the days of Noah, lots of people going to die, maybe, and uh, lots of dis damage, et cetera, uh, especially. But the good men of feet and known would have watched, not suffered his house to be broken. I think watching is protective, watching in prayer. Christ asked his disciples, watch and pray with me. Can you yes. not watch one hour? OK, mm -hmm. et cetera. So uh, it's an opportunity for us uh, to understand this. And um you asked me the timeline. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, okay. I want to I want to take a break here and discuss that the time. Okay. The, the watchman okay. on the wall. Let's discuss that. So that is an right. interesting idea. The watchman on the wall, and how can we apply this to our every single day life here? Okay. Uh, yes and no for both. Uh, in a general sense, we tend to e explain watchmen as people spiritually aware, mm -hmm. and but everybody can claim that. Oh, I'm aware. I'm aware. Mm -hmm. And the point is that the word is translated a watch from Gregorio, a Greek word that means be awake. And when Christ, and that's how Christ used it. He watched. He was talking to his disciples, asked them to watch and pray, be awake. He mm -hmm. said, couldn't you watch or be awake one hour, you know? And so, uh, but the Passover was the only time in the year that this was uh, commanded. And no other time in the Bible is, is uh, watching at, uh, at night uh, being awake uh, commanded. So, uh, and, and, and it, in Egypt, they were to eat the Passover lamb and leave nothing till morning. They were awake that night as people, they heard the cries of the Egyptians and so on. And uh, so I think that it's, uh, and by the way, uh, Elijah is supposed to come and restore all things in Matthew 17, verse 11. We see him coming in Malachi 4, 4, and 5. Remember the law of Moses with statutes, judgments? Behold, I send you Elijah. Those statutes and judgments support uh, Passover forever, as a, as a statute forever, okay? Well, did God forget that Christ was going to die and those were going to be abolished? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I don't think we have to do Jewish ceremonies. We don't have to kill lambs or eat uh, bitter herbs. But the time is significant, and I think we need to watch at that time. That's my opinion. Wow. And you were also saying, let's go back to this idea of the Muslims. And you were also, so I saw something in your book about the Muslims creating an earthquake. Let's discuss that. Triggering okay. an earthquake. Triggering. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. you got that one right. Uh, it's it's when they, I think, uh, when they uh, celebrate their uh, mosque and Quran that says mm -hmm. Allah has no son. I think the uh, Christ is the Lion of Judah. 
and he has to respond to that at that point. And I believe he will roar from Jerusalem. Heavens and earth will shake. That's Joel 3.16. Both of those have day of the Lord Mm -hmm. uh, context so that they uh, they can be in that period of time. And to me, it would be very appropriate for it to happen at that point shortly after the conquer Jerusalem. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Introducing the enchanting Faith Grow Children series by Jay Koatek. Dive into timeless tales of Bible heroes and heroines, where faith, friendship, and kindness light the way. Join us on an adventure through vibrant landscapes with captivating stories and colorful illustrations. These books inspire the best in young hearts. Start your journey today. Find yours by searching Faith Grow Children series on Amazon today. Discover the transformative journey of unwavering hope by Rhonda Mincy. This powerful book illuminates the profound impact on hope in navigating life's biggest challenges. Drawing from personal experiences and everyday heroes, Rhonda offers practical strategies for growth. Embrace hope, cultivate faith, and find resilience. Buy this book now on Amazon and embrace your own journey to unwavering hope. Yeah, you also make a parallel to 9-11 and biblical warning. Let's discuss that as well. Okay, Um, 9-11 is found in Numbers 9, verse 10 and 11, okay? It's not about a a World Trade Center again. It's Mm -hmm. really about uh, the timing I, but God, God knows our hearts. Every every American knows 9-11. What's that mm-hmm. about? Even it's a distress call on your phone, you know, 9-11, <laughs> yeah, et cetera. So uh, to, to call for police or fire, fire yeah. whatever. My point is that um, that in Numbers 9, verse 10 and 11, there was a provision, two provisions really, for Passover mm-hmm. a month later. Uh, that's how Christ ended his uh, wedding parable of 10 virgins, five missed the wedding, Christ was talking to his disciples when he said, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. It's like a man traveling to a far country because in 9-11, if they were on a long journey and they couldn't get back in time for Passover, they were to keep it a second month. OK, and, and, and that's how the, when the flood came too. Uh, if you look at Genesis 7, verse 4 and 11, uh, the 11th verse says that it was in the second month the 17th day of the month that the fountains of the deep broke open and and began to rain heavy you know see so uh uh as the days of Noah, well how much as i think all of those parables between the middle of see there's a there's two second comings one in the middle of matthew 24 and again in the the middle of chapter 25 and between them is seven parables and they all support second passover 9 11 timing for uh, the event as the days of noah and the next parable is then shall two be in the field well then means same time okay mm-hmm. and uh the goodman is a, as a third parable and i like the king james on this because uh proverbs 7 verse 19 and 20 a harlot is talking to some simple guy she says oh the goodman's gone on a long journey he's taken a bag of money and he won't be back till the full moon yam casey's full moon well long journey there's that second Passover again, okay, for the good men. He didn't know when to watch, okay? And um, the then there's the evil servant who begins to smite his fellow servants. I couldn't yeah. see any timing in that parable, but the next word is, then shall the kingdom be like 10 virgins. And the 10 virgins end with uh, five missing the wedding and Christ saying, it's like a man traveling to a far country. So if you're really looking for it, you find it. Uh, all of those support second Passover uh, and this is this is as the days of Noah. 
Wow. You have so much to offer today for our audience listening. Let's also discuss a little bit about the recent event that happened in our world, COVID. How do you think this plays into all of these things that you're discussing today? I think it's an early uh, deal to test the water of how we're, how it's going to go down. Uh, kind of like uh, maybe, and I'll give you another example. Uh, there was a big event uh, years ago with Hurricane Katrina, okay? Right. And uh, uh, there was martial law afterwards, and people that uh, had not gotten out or evacuated uh, had to go to a center where uh, they had water and uh, food and and uh, a big room with cops, uh, hundreds of people in a huge area sleeping in the same room, you know. Well, there were some people who tried to get out, but they were turned back by men with guns, okay? Uh, not good, in my opinion, but martial law is, uh, when Christ said, when you, when you see... Um, I, I think that he used the term abomination of desolation. It's it's force. I think when people are forced to do this or that, they're not free to uh, uh, choose freely what they want to do. And I think that uh, a a certain church through the dark ages burned people at the stake and uh, uh, used the force. Uh, Muslims may have gotten it from them. I don't know, but uh, you know. Uh, Muhammad married a, uh, a a former nun, and she got her uncle to mentor young Muhammad. And um, basically, uh, there was a deal with the the, uh, the Arabs. If they would take Jerusalem, uh, they could do it, and uh, and then uh, get drive out the Jews and the Christians that are there, but turn it over to uh, Rome for uh, control of the holy places. Okay. Well, they, the Muslims were reneged, and then came the Crusades and Holy Wars to try to take it from these infidel Muslims. Mm -hmm. uh, so they don't, Muslims don't have any love for Christians, and they think America is the great Satan um, because of Hollywood, which truly has exported every type of sin to the world. So God is going to punish America as well as Muslims, and in the sequence, he's going to let Muslims drive out unbelieving Jews who are there in, in Israel today, uh, not because they love God, but because they got free land from the UN, which is a beast power in Revelation 13, mm -hmm. basically, the image beast. But uh, so it wasn't time for them to return yet. Uh, God said he would punish Israel seven times over if they walk contrary to him. And in Ezekiel 4, verse 5 and 6, uh, Ezekiel's asked to lie on his side 390 days each day for a year that Israel was in apostasy. So seven times 390 is 2,730. Israel was not free to return in 1948. Uh, they were happy for land. Uh, and we think, oh, God worked a miracle. Well, the devil can work miracles too. And uh, so the, those those Jews that hate Christians in Jerusalem uh, are, are going to be driven out by Muslims. God's going to drive the Muslims out with an earthquake. But that earthquake is also the knock for the wedding in Luke 12, 36. The only wow. other place where Christ What knocks. a way to describe that. A knock for the wedding. Wow. Yes. Well, Luke 12, 36, I'll, I'll quote it nearly for you. And it says that when I return from the wedding and knock, you must open immediately. And blessed is that servant whom his Lord finds watching when he comes. He will gird himself, make him sit down to eat and serve him. Well, that's what he did at the Last Supper mm -hmm. on the eve of Passover. Okay. Uh, so it's Passover timing. Those clues... Uh, 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 we over we fly over them, but basically, uh, and watching is is part of uh, Passover imagery as well. Yeah. And the state of the U.S. right now, what do you think is the future as we continue on this progressive pace of leaving God further and further from Him and His truth? 
Well, I think um, um, Rome uh, lost the world supremacy in the old world. Uh, uh, and, you know, Napoleon's uh, general Berthier took the, the Pope prisoner. He died in exile and it, it broke the, uh, the uh, but part of that was uh, the Protestant Reformation. And our pioneers for America were willing to risk their lives in little boats to get away from the old world order and the forced uh, burning at the stakes and things like that for hiding a Bible in your in your home. And uh, this country was Protestant, okay? But uh, it, uh, Rome was not satisfied with all of South America, Latin America, and they strategized to uh, uh, immigrate and overwhelm this country. And right now our Southern border is being overwhelmed also with uh, immigrants that have no Protestant uh, recollection or understanding of, of what it is all about. And uh, uh, that's in, in Daniel, 1140, it's a war between the king of the north, king of the south. King of the north used to come through the Holy Land to fight Egypt, the king of the south. And it was an abusive situation when Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, or Rome came through the Holy Land. They took uh, uh, their women to, to, you know, for sex or their food, uh, et cetera, to support their armies. Very, very difficult situation for God's people in the Holy Land. Well, in the end time, and it says, uh, verse 40 starts in the time of the end. Uh, the king of the south will push. The king of the north overflows. Uh, well, it's our southern border is overflowing with, with uh, people that will vote the pope's agenda. And uh, Washington, D.C. is filled with offices for over 200 years. Georgetown University has uh, graduated Jesuit people who are not elected, but uh, fill those offices so that um, the um, CIA has been not only called Central Intelligence Agency, it's been called Catholic in action, okay? <laughs> and, wow. and, and now I, I, I have some very fine Catholic Christian friends. Um, mo there are most Catholics, I think, don't really know the strategy of what goes on in secret societies. But when John F. Kennedy said the idea of secret societies and a free nation is repugnant to him, he was dead a week later, okay? Uh, Basically, uh, the leadership of CIA and Homeland Security, which a nun call, who had been raped, ha uh, said is Homeland Security, are leaders of, of secret society. Uh, I mean, they're not leaders, but they're members of secret societies. And they know the strategy. And they ultimately, as, as someone else wrote, uh, Rome Stoops to Conquer, a book uh, on, the, on Amazon, um, they have conquered us and, and we're being torn apart with uh hate groups this that and the other and the the uh, end result really is in jeremiah 30 verse 11 god says i will make a full end of all other nations and america is not accepted it's included god is going to deal with his his people that i define when it says judah i believe that's jews who accept messiah mm -hmm. and Israel, the 10 tribes northern, had initially a false center of worship. They, they didn't go down to Jerusalem as, as uh, God wanted, but they, they didn't want to get sympathetic with the, uh, the split after Rehoboam was going to tax people heavily. So they had their own center of worship in Dan. But today, Protestants, I think, uh, have um, they, the Jews intermarried with Christians, came to this country. And uh, to some extent, if we have a new world order, uh, it, it will be giving false worth to that new world order. False worth worship, it's going to involve false worship. So we have to say, we opt out. We don't want part of the new world order uh, because God's going to have his kingdom. 
It right. says in Daniel 2.44, in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom. That, mm -hmm. And it's going to break in pieces uh, and destroy these other uh, other kingdoms and kings, basically. Wow. I don't know how that's going to be, but Moses did take down Egypt. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I would say uh, we're in for some interesting stuff if we can be in the wedding and uh, be anointed with power that God wants to give 144,000. That's my perspective of it. Wow. I did not plan on asking you these other questions that I'm about to ask here today, Richard, but I really believe that you have a lot of things to offer. So I'm going to go ahead and ask. Let's go discuss ahead. two more things, the mark of the beast, and then we'll go into the next one after that. Well, um, bless your heart. Uh, <laughs> you asked for it. Um, Rome, uh, let me say that that mark of the beast is at the, at the bottom of chapter 13. And there are three beasts in that chapter. Mm -hmm. The first beast is uh, has a, a mouth like a lion, feet like a bear, looks like a leopard, but has a total of seven heads and ten horns from Daniel 7. There was, in Daniel 7, there was a lion with eagle's wings, a bear, a, a, a leopard with four heads and a, a, um, a uh, dragon-like beast with horns. Okay, so, you, so And Rome has survived all of those beasts. It's an amalgamation in Daniel 1. And early pioneers to America all saw Rome as that first beast. And uh, around verse 10, though, as it was going into captivity by Napoleon, he U.S. America emerges as the second beast, a lamb-like beast with two horns, but the horns had no crowns. The horns meant uh, a government without a king because no crown, and it has a church without a pope, no crown, Protestant mm -hmm. America. But it brings fire down from heaven, Hiroshima, Nagasaki, atom bomb, and so on, and it causes the world to make an image to the first beast. The image we've made is the UN. The new world order is the image of old world order because of so many Catholic nations, not just Roman Catholic with a capital C, but little c, universal. Go along to get along. They're happy with homosexuality, this, that, and the other. And uh, it's, it, it, you know, it, it, they will vote the Pope's agenda. He will be the great moral leader of the new world order. So uh, when I say that uh, um, there's false worth and worship, it will include that. And uh, personally, uh, Rome takes uh, homage from Protestants who worship on Sunday because they made the first Sunday law uh, with Constantine, uh, and it, but it was against the Jews who worship on Sabbath. And I'm, I'm seeing, I'm coming from a, a Seventh-day Adventist background, but I'm no longer a member of that church. I, I, they've made some stupid mistakes too. I'm seeing that in the end time, there's only going to be two movements, one towards God from every church. Uh, when Babylon has fallen, come out of her, God will be our leader. And it's not about a, a denomination per se. Uh, and so and I could go into more on that. But anyway, uh, I'm non-denominational at this point, but I'm taking Bible truth as I see it. Yeah. And my second conversation that's a hot topic today is AI. And how does this relate to any of this? I wish I could tell you, I, I have been fascinated a little bit online to see how quickly AI can give uh, uh, nice answers, emails and things like that to things. Uh, uh, very intricate. Uh, Google has a tremendous mind, but uh, I, I, and it, it must have access to Bible truth, but I don't know how it's going to come together. But I would tend to think that it, uh, it may be ultimately uh, a deception, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard people say that this is 
similar to the Antichrist spirit. It has the Antichrist spirit, something around this. There's a lot that we could go into that, but that is a conversation for another day. I was just curious on your thoughts about that. So Richard, you, you brought so many things for us to bring, for us to think about today. And this is one of those podcasts where you can listen through once, twice, three times and learn something new that you didn't hear the time before. And so I really appreciate your time here today. What is your overall goal of this book, Megaquake 2024? Readiness for the wedding. Here's the thing. God, uh, Christ, uh, let me say this, that, that uh, in Revelation 12th chapter, there's war in heaven and Michael and his angels fought against the devil and his angels. Mm -hmm. And the devil was cast out to this earth. Michael is a, a, a word that means who is like God. It was an angel, but I believe Christ became an angel who is, who is like God. Uh, he was God. He was called into the inner uh, discussions. He was the son of God. Uh, before he ever came to this earth. But uh, the devil got jealous, just like you mm -hmm. saw two angels over the ark, uh, archangels, uh, the covering cherub. Uh, I think Christ, they represent one for Christ and one for Lucifer. But Lucifer got jealous over Christ uh, and said, we can all be like God, we can do our own thing, and uh, we're holy beings and so on. So uh, it, it's a bad deal for Lucifer to, uh, to get, I mean, uh, it, it, God... God could have destroyed Lucifer. Some people wonder, why didn't God kill the devil? You know, well, it, think about it. it um, I, I want to give you a personal uh, experience. I when I was uh, in training, uh, one morning I remarked to my wife, saw her on, uh, standing on cold floor with bare feet. I said, honey, you should have some slippers on your feet. A minute later, our five-year-old boy comes running with slippers. Now, I could have told him, get mother's slippers or I'm going to beat you with a stick. Mm -hmm. But that would give me no joy. But to see him coming voluntarily, like he was wanting to help mother at an early age, just did my heart good. Mm -hmm. And I think God is like that. He doesn't want to beat us into submission. He's not trying to make us like the Catholic Church, be good, this, that, and the other, burning at the stake. Uh, and by the way, they boast that Rome does not change, that right now they're modifying, they, they go along to get along. But the time is coming when uh, the evil servant is going to smite his fellow servants, and it's not going to be good in this country. And I, I see that God has a plan, and it involves, uh, like Egypt, uh, as the days of, uh, let me say this, that Ecclesiastes 3.15 in the New English Bible, I like the translation there, says, what is has been already, what is to come has been already. God summons each event back in its turn. And the uh, multiple places in Jeremiah 30, verse 3, I'll quote it for you. Lo, the days come, saith the Lord, that I'll bring again the captivity of my people, Israel and Judah. And I redefine them as Jews who accept Messiah and uh, and Christians who accept the, the biblical laws. They, they are fully compatible and they will make one kingdom in Ezekiel 37, where dry bones come together and get breath and life. And two sticks become one stick and one kingdom in verse 22. OK, yes. and I believe that we can be part of God's kingdom like Israel coming out of Egypt uh, to the, to uh, Sinai and making a covenant. We need to make a covenant. The covenant is what the marriage parables are about. The wedding, the, the uh, see, God got an ignorant bride at Sinai. They worshiped a calf 40 days later. Mm -hmm. Must not happen to Christ. All right. He's already paid a huge price. He wants a smart, wise bride that's scripturally oriented. And so uh, the idea is uh, in, in Bible times, they had covenants that were, uh, when when Abraham made a covenant with Abimelech, he gave him seven new lambs. God gave Abraham, uh, promised him seven times, I'm going to give you this land. 
when God made a covenant with Israel, he gave them seven annual holy convocations, you know, and they were designed to teach the people that at the time appointed, one would come to whom that ceremony pointed. Uh, a judgment begins at Passover, in a sense, but weddings also come at Passover, okay? Uh, the the wedding parable of Luke 12 has triple Passover imagery. The, the uh, In verse 35, they were supposed to have their loins girded, but that's in, at Passover in Egypt. When they came out, they had their loins girded, okay? And uh, they were to be watching. Uh, the only night in the year to watch was, was Passover. And then when he says, I'll gird, he will gird himself, make us sit down to eat in service. That was the eve of Passover. So I'm seeing if we're watching at those times, uh, he will come to us and we can, uh, I don't know if we'll literally have an angel talk to us and explain or what, but uh, I think if we go through the motions, he will join us <laughs> at that time. Uh, I want to believe that because uh, uh, it, it's, it says he he's going to give his, this is Revelation 11, 3. Uh, God says, I will uh, I will give power to my two witnesses for 1260 days. They have the power to shut the heavens and turn water to blood. That's Moses and Elijah power. But when they finish their testimony, the beast ascends to make war and to overcome them. And uh, that so that beast also in Revelation that, that we already explained who that beast is, it gets power for 42 months, which is also three and a half years. So mm -hmm. equal time for both sides. And then it's over. And uh, I, I just see us on the cusp of this. If I fully expect this war with Hamas and the Hezbollah to escalate till springtime, when I believe and expect fully Jerusalem to be taken by all those Muslim nations, uh, the President Erdogan of uh, Turkey has appealed for that, that 57 Muslim nations would siege Israel. We can take it. it uh, Jerusalem was our city in the Ottoman Empire 100 years ago, and uh, it's, it's ours today. We're going to go. Yeah. Wow. So it's it's just a matter of time. But uh, look out. But then after they take it, the goat is going to clobber that ram, uh, uh, stomp it and break the, the second horn, uh, which is uh, Iran at that point. Uh, mm -hmm. Iran is Persia in Daniel 820. It, it, the horn represents Persia, Medes and yeah. Persians. And so with all the things that you said today, Richard, what what can we do today as listeners? What can we do to prepare for the bride's return, the bridegroom's return? Well, the focus of Matthew 24, 15 was when you see uh, this uh, uh, power uh, spoken of by Daniel mm -hmm. to uh, flee to the mountains, those in Judea. Well, if you have a Jewish faith uh, and you know that uh, the Sabbath is not going to be happy, get in the country, you know, uh, because uh, cities are going to have martial law and the freedom. And if you are taken to a FEMA camp somewhere, you will probably never return if you're not favorable to the new world order. Okay. And I'm not uh, basically, and I'm I'm living in a rural sitting uh, setup. I don't even have mail delivered to my door, et cetera. But I, <laughs> I just say, get in the country, get prepared because it is coming. I believe it. And if you wait till spring, uh, it is too late when things happen. Things are going to come very suddenly at that point, and not a lot of time. So, and you are blessed to be in a mission field where uh, they, you know, you can do uh, pretty much what you want. I'd say. Uh, uh, keep your light shining and, uh, you know, uh, study, study and get ready. Abraham Lincoln said that I will study and get ready and someday my chance will come. I've done that for uh, more than a, a, a couple decades. Uh, and it shows today. It shows today by all the facts that you gave us today, all the parallels, everything that you're discussing. We, we can tell that you've been putting in the time to study this and understand the scripture. 
Well, it comes by sharing too. And the, the, in Matthew 22 verses, the king makes a wedding for his son marriage and sends his servants to bid people to a wedding feast. And so we are his servants. We need to bid to a wedding feast. And there are seven topics that we need to consider uh, for the, a prenuptial uh, 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 covenant. In other words, before we get married, here are things that I believe in uh, Christ, and I want to live for them in the end time, just like Shadrach, Meshach, King. You can throw us in, but we're not going to bow down, etc. Uh, we we need to have that kind of decision and determination, and Christ will live for you or die for you. It's okay. And I believe he will spare us and that we can uh, go through a time of trouble such as never was in Daniel 12, 1. And uh, it's it's not far away, but we haven't quite entered it. But uh, keep watching. I, I see lots of things in the news and et cetera that uh, fit with what's coming. Wow. And one more question. Where can our audience find this book? Uh, Amazon.com. has. Uh, uh, if you take my name, uh, my by the way, uh, the wedding parable of Luke 12, uh, it starts in 32. Fear not, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to sell, uh, give you the kingdom. Sell what you have. Well, we we scorned the rich young ruler that ran away. He made a dumb decision, but God is giving us the same opportunity. Sell what you have. Uh, nothing is as important as our relationship with Christ. And the disciples did that when they immediately chose to follow him. We can follow him in the end time. And uh, I, ju I just say that... that uh, Amazon has books. Uh, uh, my name is Ruling, and I wanted to. Uh, oh, I, I forgot the hook. Um, if we are so doing, Peter asked in Luke 12, around verse 39, Are you giving this parable to us or to everyone? And Christ replied, uh, Blessed is that servant whom he finds so doing when he comes, he will mm -hmm. make him ruler over all that he has. Well, I wanted to understand how to be ruler. You know, and my name is Ruling. Uh, I want to live up to that. And I believe that it's not just about me. It's really about 144,000 who can be uh, his people in the end time. And they will have the privilege of traveling with him wherever he goes in eternity. Her eternity is a long time. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. We can't lose that once we get it. But we can we can lose our lives now trying to preserve, do our thing. And uh, I don't want to do this or that. It's God will test us. He tested Israel. He took them to uh, uh, where there were giants. Maybe mm -hmm. he handled the giants. There are giant problems today in the Middle East, in the land of the covenant. But I believe he intends to take us to the land of the covenant. Uh, uh, if you look at Ezekiel, this is easy to remember. Three dozen chapters, Ezekiel 36, two dozen verses, verse 24. I will take you from among the heathen, gather you out of all nations, bring you into your own land, sprinkle clean water on you, give you a new heart, put my spirit within you, cause you to walk in my statutes and judgments, and you'll dwell in the land that I gave your fathers. And it's not about America or Brazil. It's about over there, the land of the covenant that God made with Abraham. And Galatians 3.29 says, if you're Christ, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. That's our land over there, in my opinion. Wow. And God, God will arrange it so we can get there if we want to. But it will be scary, but I, it'll take faith. But I, just like it took faith for Israel, and, and the, they failed in the wilderness, uh, only Joshua and Caleb were the ones that got into the process. But uh, today it's going to be many more. And that's where, uh, you know, like uh, in India where the Dalits are, they're treated like scum. Uh, why not come to uh, where you're equal with everybody, et cetera? God's law is fair and great. 
Thank you, Richard. I really appreciate everything that you shared today. If you can end our time with a prayer for our audience, that would be excellent. Yes. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity. Please bless each heart and soul. It might seem uh, wild, too difficult, but you test our faith. And uh, you don't. Uh, without faith, it's impossible to please you. We can't just wait and see, wait and see. That's no faith. So please help them as they study to get ready. And uh, please uh, bless our understanding. Thank you for this time. And bless uh, my brother uh, Dallas and his ministry. Uh, keep us true to you and do exceeding abundantly for Christ's sake. Hallelujah. Amen. The full website is Amazon and my name ruling R-U-H-L-I-N-G for the books, which like Omega Quake 2024, uh, R-U-H-L-I-N-G. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Richard. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast with your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.